Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our message today is the epistle reading from the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And if you want to sum up the book of Hebrews in one word, that one word would be Jesus. Dr. Joel Okamoto, a professor at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, used to tell his group of first-year students that half of all the answers to all the questions that you will be asked while you were at the seminary is Jesus. The trouble is in determining which half those answers are. Of course, saying that the book of Hebrews is about Jesus is a bit too general. So if we expound on this a little bit, I think we do quite well with this as a theme. New really is better. Now, we all know that new is not always better. If we think about it, we can come up with all kinds of examples of this. Such as, there's that restaurant that you used to go to. The one that had that amazing chicken soup. And then one day they decided to change the recipe. And then that chicken soup wasn't as amazing as it used to be. That's not better. Or that time that you got that new phone. And it does more, but it's a lot more difficult to try to figure out how to use it. And the battery life isn't what it used to be. And if you drop it, well, when it cracks or shattered, it makes it far more difficult to use. That's not better. Some of you have had the experience of trying out the new math. That's not better. And there are many more of you who probably remember that new Coke. That wasn't better either. So we know quite well that new is not always better. But the author to the Hebrews wanted his readers to know, wanted his hearers to know, that when it comes to Jesus, new really is better. In many and various ways, God spoke to the people of old through the prophets. But now in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son. His Son the heir of all things, and the one through whom God created the world. His Son. He is the absolute radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His nature. That is better. Moses had been faithful in God's house like a servant. But Jesus is faithful over God's house as a son. Jesus is due more honor than Moses, just as a builder of a house is due more honor than the house itself. That is better. The sacrifices that Israel made under the old covenant had to be made over and over and over again to atone for the sins of the people. But Jesus made a better sacrifice. A perfect sacrifice that was pleasing to God the Father. And because it was perfect, 
It only had to be made once. That is better. Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of Salem, and the priest to whom Abraham, from whom all Israel descended, gave the tithe. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham. The Levitical priesthood was good. But Jesus as high priest after the order of Melchizedek is better. Not many weeks ago, a precious little girl named Ellie was born. But this morning, Ellie was baptized in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. She received the gift of that Holy Spirit and has been given new life as an heir of the heavenly kingdom. Because Jesus, her Lord and Savior, won the victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. With Jesus, new really is better. So what is the author of the Hebrews talking about? Because if new really is better, why does he have to say so? And here in the 12th chapter, it becomes quite clear that with Jesus, new really is better. For not all that is new has come to be. Not all that is new has been fully realized. And so there remains trouble and struggle. The people of God were worn out and worn down. Their hands drooped. Their knees were weak. And they just wandered around. And so in the closing chapters of his book, the author to the Hebrews urges the people of God, those who are worn out and worn down, those who are drooping and weak and wandering, to continue in their faith and to continue in their faithfulness. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for. The conviction of things not yet seen. And he urged his hearers and his readers not to give up. Not to give up on the promises of God. Not to give up on the hope. But to continue like Abraham. Like Moses. Like the people of Israel who passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. Continue in that faith. And continue also in faithfulness. Now, we'll get back to that faithfulness in just a moment. But let me speak the obvious. A lot of things have changed for the people of God since the writer put his stylus or pen to paper and wrote this book to the Hebrews. But there are some things that have not changed. The new really is better. But the new has not yet fully come. The new is really better. But the new has not yet been realized. And so there remains for the people of God. And so there remains for you. Trouble. And struggle. It seems that the people that the writer was speaking to were being oppressed. 
They were being persecuted. Some of you may be feeling this way. But even if you are not, there remains trouble for the people of God. Struggle. Times when you are worn out and worn down. Times when you are drooping and weak and wandering. And so in the name of Jesus who makes all things new, I urge you, I urge you to continue to believe in the promises of God. Continue to believe that He will do great and wonderful things, eternal things for you. God made promises to Abraham and He kept them. He made promises to Moses and they were kept. He made promises to King David and they were kept. And He will keep His promises to each and every one of you. Continue in that hope that you have in Christ Jesus. Continue to look for and in the things not yet seen. For our Lord and Savior Jesus has paid the price with His very own precious blood and freely gives to you the inheritance of the kingdom of God. The difference between the things then and the things now are like the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. With Mount Sinai, there was darkness. There was fear. And there was the threat of death. But with Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, there is light, not darkness. There is feasting, not fear. There is the promise of life and not the threat of death. Light and feasting and eternal life are what await all of you. Look for them and look forward to them. But in the meantime, lead lives of faithfulness. Dr. Thomas Long, in one of his lectures at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, observed that he was always fascinated by the parable of the wicked householder that's found in Matthew chapter 24. This is the servant who was set in charge over the household when the master goes away. He's the wicked one. And so what does he do? He gives up on the master coming back. And oddly enough, he doesn't become lazy. He becomes violent. He doesn't say, Ah, what the heck, and goes and lays down in his room and takes a nap. No. He starts to beat his fellow servants. And then he starts hanging out with drunkards. And Dr. Long observed that Jesus was pointing out that if you lose your hope, if you lose your purpose, then you eventually turn on other people. And so what does the author of the Hebrews say? He encourages his listeners and readers to hope and to believe. He tells them, beginning in verse 14, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. By it many become defiled. What Jesus knew 
and what the author to the Hebrews experienced, that's what happens when you give up hope. So I urge you. I urge you to keep God's promises at the forefront of your mind. Keep them close. Believe in them. Have hope in them and live in that hope. Not failing to show the grace of God. To be pure and do not become defiled. And one day after the earth and the heavens have been taken and the kingdom of God has been established in all of its fullness, there you will be. Where there is light and not darkness. Where there is feasting and there is not fear. Where there is eternal life and no more death. All because of what our Lord Jesus has done for you. To God alone be all the glory. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.